The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. To another episode of On the Corner, the official PitcherList.com podcast. Your host, Alex Voss, joined as always by the not jet lagged Nick Pollock. Nick, how you doing? What is happening? We are in the atrium of First Pitch, Arizona. This is not the live cast. This is an impromptu before First Pitch, Arizona starts cast. You can actually hear maybe outside people are getting their <laughs> tags and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if someone at some point is going to open those doors like, wait, are they doing a podcast? You know what we decided to do? We decided to fly from all over the country to yeah. meet in Arizona to stay in a large vacant room <laughs> and be as close it's to people. It's a lovely stage. It has a nice screen to, you know. Or that we're like literally like a, a door and two feet separate us from a throng of people. And, uh, we, we tried to get a two mic situation going. It was very frustrating. But very here we are. As I was joking about before, we threw 30, you know, we, we got so sick and tired of not being able to podcast next to each other and now here we are as close, <laughs> as, close as, possible. as possible yeah this might be the closest we are ever doing a podcast. since episode one yeah maybe oh that was yeah that, if you ever if you are at first Bay arizona now mm-hmm. and you hear this and you want a photo of our first podcast situation yeah i still have it it's favorited in my, That's my iphone mess our phones that's lovely. If you, are you okay? <laughs> no. I'm just so excited. It's First Pitch Arizona. Of course, Baseball HQ's event. Uh, it's in Arizona. Shocking. It's great. When are, you, when are you releasing this? I don't know. If you, are you going to release it somewhere over the next couple of days? Maybe. Because it's just funny to me to think that someone could be at this conference <laughs> and be like, did you, when did, why did you do that? Anyway, yes, obviously we're here. There's a huge, amazing, a, a veritable who's who of people in the fantasy yeah. baseball industry that are here. Nick is going to be uh, talking on a few panels. Um, I'm going to be You're doing a presentation, presentation on volatility. A picture of volatility. Some yeah. interesting stuff. A huge shout out to Justin Felto, by the way, who this project or this presentation does not exist yeah. uh, without. Wonderful data science team. And Justin Felto has been with us for a while. He's oh, yes. fantastic. I, I just want to say really quickly, um, you're going <laughs> to mention... <laughs> Because you're going to say it really quickly. I love it. <laughs> Guys, I'm not making the jokes this episode. This is where we're at. Oh. Um, I just had Frank Stample wonder where I am. Can you hear me, Frank? Frank. Frank. Okay. Uh, that was a lovely that echo. That was crazy. That was amazing. Are you going to bring a VPR that? Am I going to bring uh, Yeah, VPR is mentioned. VPR. VPR is mentioned. That's, as for, that's for the pictureless OGs. Yes. You know that one. Oh, I'm saying because I'm talking about that there have been a lot of ways to try and 
equate mm-hmm. uh, a pitcher's success on a game-by-game basis, but there really is no metric, right, aside game score. There really is no metric that says, like, oh, this is how a pitcher did on a given day, right? Right. So that's kind of an exploration of that. Awesome. Uh, well, we're going to get straight to this. What are we going to do today? What is today's podcast? Today's podcast, well, you, if you've been joining us the past couple of weeks, it's been breaking up Nick's top 100, the two early top 100. Yes. Now, Nick didn't just do a top 100, nope. he did a top 200. Because why not? So what we're going to do is we're going to burn through 100 through 200. We're going to mm-hmm. be, uh, we're going to, you know, lighten the the reins a little bit. I don't know what that means. We're going to make the table a bit easier. <laughs> do, we, do we know what that is? Do do lighten the reins? I don't know. We're going to loosen the reins. There it is. We're going to let it off. Let it... Here, just take a lighter. Yeah, to them and like be free. Yeah, be free, Reigns. Um, oh boy, this is well, this is Nick and I's first time seeing each other. In it's so good to see you. Oh here, man, here. I made a whole podcast studio for you, and you left. And I left. I got so scared. God, I can't do this kind of commitment. And then I oh, tried man. to shave my face so he wouldn't notice me, and he still. But he look, still we, me we up. just ran into Jeff Zimmerman, for example. Who mm-hmm. just, what did he, what did he tell you? He said that the Cam Soda episode of our podcast was one of the greatest podcasts he's ever heard. <laughs> no, he didn't say that. Come say that from Jeff Zimmerman. It's a wonderful thing, but. Yeah, we have the top 200 now. So 101 through 200. We're going to find a way to get through all of this. Yeah. What is the theme so, for today? This is a little bit of a cheat because you already have a theme, but we're going to theme the theme. Theme um, the theme. And because we have traveled, uh, the theme is going to be uh, contiguous uh, states. Two states that are next to each other. Is no, that no, 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 Like land, like the contiguous <laughs> United States, as in not Alaska or Hawaii. You cannot do Alaska or Hawaii. Oh, you man, I just like the it. idea. Like, okay, you just gave me two states that just touch each other. They touch each other. Do you know what the state is that touches the most states? They're married. It's fine. What, <laughs> <laughs> what state is bordering the most other states? What state Iowa. is bordered by the most states? Iowa. Yeah. Mm. Tennessee. Yes. Very oh, okay. good. Tennessee. Yeah, very yeah, Tennessee first. Well, done well yeah. done um that's not what we're here for but i i need states as long as they're not alaska or hawaii okay are you googling states no <laughs> i'm not gonna google states oh I'm god new Stanford. york arizona california okay so um, all right so the first um you know the first tier that we're looking at here which is iran uh, called iran out of rome in the top 100 we're gonna yeah. get the real name for it in a little bit is 101 through 108 spencer turnbull hayden wazenski alex wood david peterson kyle bradish bailey falter bryce elder and lewis patino what's it called what's it called i think it's called Oregon, because it gets kind of forgotten about. It's like in the Northwest, mm. right? You talk about Seattle, you talk about Washington, you talk about California. But like, hey, I'm a state too. I should have been included. That's a, I, I can I can get behind that because there's no better person to kick off with than Spencer Turnbull, who is a sort of forgotten pitcher, right? You don't pitch for a year because of Tommy John, and that's what you're going to get. People forget that he had two back-to-back nice 50-innings pitched samples, right? In uh, 2020, had that sub-4 ERA for the first time, started to show some promise, I believe, with a slider at some point over the course of the season. And then, bam, 2021 rolls along. We only get 50 innings. We get a little bit higher of a K-rate. He's dealing with an elbow injury. And then he gets the Tommy John, sub-3 FIP, sub-3 ERA. But again, just a 50-innings pitched sample size. Likely going to be able to return at the beginning of spring training, considering he missed all of 2020 going to have a prominent place in that rotation what are you thinking about for spencer turnbull i think it's an interesting upside play uh spencer strider oh my god spencer strider what have i become (laughs) spencer turnbull is going to get his opportunities in detroit right yeah and we don't really know what we're going to see obviously he did well with the slider uh 18 swing strike rate 18 call strike rate in that 2021 sample we saw some promise in that regard 
Uh, it's possible that Spencer Turnbull does well out of the gate. Uh, we might see him just do well in spring. He could be totally recovered. We saw this past year, guys who came back from Tommy John, not everybody did well. Uh, you have Mike Clevenger, who didn't do well. Syndergaard was obviously limited. We also had Severine. You also had uh, Verlander excel after Tommy John. Yep. It's possible that Spencer Turnbull is ready to go. I almost said it again fast. You did. And it's also, it's not like Spencer Turnbull's a guy who's relying on particularly intense velo, right? It's not like we need him to come back and be like, oh God, is he sitting 96, 97 again? It's not really the concern there. So that's definitely a plus in his favor. Like I said earlier, we're going to burn through these a little bit quicker because there are a good amount of names that I want to get to. One per tier, I think is right. At at least, at least, because I do want to talk a little bit about Bailey Falter because he kind of was causing some people to raise their eyebrows at the uh, end of the season there. In August, he had a 2-4-5 ERA over about 20 innings, and then in September-October, a low 3 ERA as well. So he ended the season relatively strong. Any interest in him, or what do you have to say about Bailey Falter, who, what, will likely be the number 5 coming it's into It's possible. Philly? We don't know. Uh, Eflin going back to the rotation at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's weird what the Phillies do with that rotation. Hopefully they have enough uh, for this World Series. You'll probably know by the time you listen to this. However, Billy Falter, is he that good with his fastball? I don't know how much I believe in it. If he does elevate effectively, uh, he does set up the rest of his entire repertoire. He did get a very favorable schedule, and that's why we cared about Falter later in the year when he gets the Diamondbacks, the, the Marlins twice. Um, then he did take down Atlanta, and then did not take down Atlanta, and then did well against the Nationals. That's really why we turned our heads um, toward Billy Falter. Also did well twice against the Pirates. I don't really think there is enough there for you to go after this in a 12-teamer. I do recognize that, hey, if he does have good matchups out the gate, um, he is someone of interest. Do I believe in that curveball a whole lot? Not that much. It is more of a striking pitch when it gets into the zone. He did a good amount, 41% zone rate with a 24% called strike rate. A good CSW on that, only 60% strike rate, which is kind of there. I don't know if I love the slider yet, if it's polished enough. Does it move that drastically 18% swing strike rate for Falter's slider? But it really comes down to, is that four-seamer going to be a 2-22 batting average allowed again? Probably not. Um, I don't really think the sinker is that great. Uh, I, 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 Yeah, I think it's just, just a matchup play. But he's someone to consider. Maybe there's something new that we see in the spring as he gets more opportunity. Okay, well, let's move on to the next tier here, which is... Um... Anyone else you'd like to talk about, Nick? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I forgot. This I is a new thing. It's only, it's only like three or four I podcasts am... in. Believable. And you also just said one podcast. Believable. One yeah, that we really focus on. Oh, okay, okay. And then, you know, um, then, yeah. Hayden Wesneski had a really good curveball, maybe of interest. Alex Wood, I feel like he had actually, he actually had higher velocity this year, but he never really got comfortable locating that pitch with that slider. David Peterson has a really good slider, but we've seen how it can get really messed up. Also, the Mets going to rely on that. I don't know. Um, Kyle Bradish, your boy, um, improved that slider a lot, but I just still don't really like that fastball. I think mm-hmm. it has a little bit too much cut action to it. And I feel feel really weird trusting him out of the gate. And keep in mind, this is past 100. There are going to be questions with everyone. Yeah. Um, Bryce Elder, Elder, is he Kyle Hendricks 2.0? Maybe? And Luis Patino, we were really excited about him this time last year. But fastball was worse this season, and the slider was not at all. And he really get those opportunities. was hurt. Maybe he'll get a reset by in for the Rays next year. Just fully derailed by injury, it seems. Let's move on to the next year. Boring, but maybe you like that? 109 all the way through 134. Uh, here we go. 109, Sean Manaya, <laughs> Stephen Matz, Adam Wainwright. We don't know if he's going to retire yet or not. Cal Quantrill, Corey Kluber, Martin Perez, Dean Kramer at 115. Michael Lorenzen, Marco Gonzalez, Kyle Hendricks, Michael Waka, and at 120, Zach Plezak. Wade Miley, Anthony Discofani, Noah Syndergaard, Zach Eflin, James Caprillion. 
Brian Bello, uh, Matthew Boyd, Nick Pavetta, Mitch Keller, Graham Ashcraft, Kyle Gibson, Cole Irvin, Johnny Cueto, and at 134, rounding out the tier, Ranger Suarez, the man who will not go away in the playoffs. He just keeps making, uh, <laughs> keeps proving you wrong. Um, what is it called? Why is it called that? It's called Montana. Because it's massive, but like, how many people are actually going to go in there? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> massive, but not much substance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, beautiful. Very much behind that. Let's start with Cal Quantrill. I mean, I mean I, I, who's the Al Melchior of this group? Is the that's question. true. It could be Cal Quantrill because he's just quiet and reliable, right? I mean, I, I don't know. Well, okay, well, you know all the nicknames of, of Cal Quantrill, right? How many are there at this point? They're like, there are three okay. or four. Uh, the major one that matters is right now is the unquantifiable. Right, and uh, the sub three five average uh, ERA this year is pretty insane from Cal Quantrill. I I think it's just smoke and mirrors. Is lot. it insane? Why? You yeah. had a two eight nine ERA the year before. I understand. Why is it's a sixteen point six percent K rate. Uh, his hard contact rate's twenty seven percent. So if you want to say no, you, you sacrifice the strikeouts to get more hard con- or soft contact. That's hundred and third among all starting pitchers. I do not buy his X ERA is four ten, um, as opposed to three thirty eight ERA. I think it's the Trevor Williams situation of we don't quite understand it, and it will not last a while. Um, I mean, you're making a play here, considering a 121 whip in a 12-teamer that is not really that great. It's fine, but in a 12-teamer, that doesn't really help you, right? It just keeps you maybe status quo or even actually pulls you down if you're trying to go for like a 114 for the full year or something like that. So the 338 ERA is what you're going for. 15 to 5 record, I don't think is going to stick around. I mean, that was 8th best in the majors. Um, it's going to be close to probably like 12 wins or something along those lines. So, you're just playing for ERA, and that's something that could easily be like a 3-7, 3-8, and it's just like, wait, why am I here? I'm not even getting the strikeout production. Um, as for the entire season, he only had 128 strikeouts despite Cal Quantra going a full 32 starts. That's not helping nearly as much as he needed to. Um, I, I just think, yeah, this is a Toby, and what do we not do fast? You don't draft Toby. You don't draft Toby. I get that, but I think the kind of pushback is like, ever, it's the same metrics that we're looking at in 2021, where he overperformed them. So clearly, he's going to be a guy who's going to overperform those metrics. The Babbitt, you know, regressed a little bit, which seems to be a big part of why the ERA came back to what it is. But at the end of the day, top 20 in innings pitched. I mean, you can't really predict wins uh, year over year, but 15 was absolutely huge for you, eighth and eighth best in the majors. Um, I don't know. Like, I get what you're saying. I, I, I understand exactly where you're coming from because this is your philosophy of don't draft a Toby. And it's like, well, why would I draft a guy who's going to get me 180 innings with maybe a low three ERA and no strikeouts, a chance at wins, and a whip that's probably not going to dip below 1.2? But I do think there is a, there are plans where you can stabilize a rotation with a guy like Cal Quantrill. I don't know if he's necessarily going to fall off as much as we think or as much as you think he might come. Well, okay, season. I'll say I'll say this: the best asset of Cal Quantrill is his sinker um, that had a 37% O swing this year as he really leaned at arm side. Um, and I talk about this a lot. I love to see that from guys where they have a sinker that starts all in the inside corner and finishes off of it and gets a ton of swings on it. I forget about Zach Wheeler's 50% plus O swing on the sinker, which is insane. League average is around, I believe it's 26%, uh, 26.5 this past year on sinker O swing. So that's what he is doing and having success with. It's something that if you don't have anything else to back it up, you can't just only rely on it. Mm. I don't think that it's something you want to put on your team uh, for the long haul, honestly. I think it's too risky and too volatile without enough to salvage when it doesn't go well. I'm not going to lie. Usually I look ahead at, you know, some of the guys that I'm interested in talking about next. I'm like, oh, this one could be interesting. This one could be interesting. I'm not going to lie. I look through a lot of these guys. I'm like... 
we're not really going to talk about that one. But I do think it would be good to talk about Michael Lorenzen, who did have some lofty expectations coming into the 2022 season. It was kind of a fun trade for them because maybe mm. he could also pitch and DH. Maybe and then, he could also pitch. You know, yeah, now it's just maybe <laughs> oh, he can What a pitch. fun trade. <laughs> maybe he can pitch, period. Um, and then it just kind of all went by the wayside. Uh, I mean, he did make 18 starts, fewer than 100 innings overall in the year. He got close to 97 and two-thirds. But really, just elevated whip, you know, the K rate, it was fine. It's not, you know, we knew that there was going to be a little bit of a dip um, because he wasn't going to be in relief anymore. Um, but really, just not the overall season. But it, was it sidelined enough by injuries that you could conceivably give him another shot? Or are you like me and you think if there's a pitcher in the Angels organization, I'm really not going to draft them unless their name is Sure. Out so Lorenzen is a free agent. I mean, I'm curious oh, to see right. where he does go. Um, Lorenzen is a kitchen sink guy, and I don't think he's as bad as the 4-2-40 array will suggest. This is the Toby tier, mm-hmm. right? Like, I think that Michael Lorenzen can go somewhere and give you 5-6 innings and be okay. I mean, that, that's really it to me. Uh, there is a chance of the slider and changeup return to the swing strike rates that we saw in previous years. And I do want to say it's really nice to look over my corn, uh, the corner of my eye and see the fastest on our player pages, and it just makes me happy. Yeah. Only because I'm next to you. Only because, okay, I see what it is. <laughs> okay, buddy. Uh, yeah, but Mike Lorenzen um, is someone I don't really want to target in drafts, but I can find myself streaming through the year. Okay, let's move on then to a guy that's uh, on the opposite spectrum, that he's a little bit younger. We saw a few starts out of him that had a lot of promise to him, had a really good sinker, especially in terms of movement and velocity, and that's Brian Bellow. Um, like we said, not a lot of starts, just 57 and a third innings. Um, didn't really end super well for him with a 4.71 ERA and a whip. That was sadly a little bit closer to two than it was to one. But there were really nice moments where we saw some upside against him. He had some really nice starts uh, against the Yankees, uh, had a good start against Texas. There was a nice run at the end of August into September where things were kind of clicking for him. And then it, the season didn't really end all that well. What are you thinking or hoping to see out of Brian Bell in 2023? I really hate saying, oh, this guy should be better, better because he's not going to sustain his Babbitt. Hmm. But he's really going to be better because he's not going to sustain a 4-4 four, four Babbitt. Yeah. Okay? At least I can say that. He's not going to have an 11.8 hit per nine. And you're like, I don't really know hit per nine. The league average is 8.7. How many hits per nine innings are you going to allow? So everyone averages about a hit per inning. 11.8 is staggering. Hmm. It's going to get better. We actually did see, as you mentioned, some of that promise. The change up 22.5% swing strike rate for Bayo. Uh, you have a slider that did get a decent amount of strikes at 64%, limited the hard contact to about uh, 22%, a little bit better than league average. Uh, changeup did not allow hard contact, 7.5%. Mm. Hard contact allowed with that swing and strike rate, with a 41% of a swing. That, to me, is the major element for Bayon moving forward. It is a sinker, but it is a 31% O swing as his main pitch. He doesn't get a lot of the whiffs. Uh, CSW's low, of course, it traditionally is. On sinker, sinker, uh, average uh, CSW is 26%. This was about 27, 28%. Uh, it gets hit hard, though. Uh, 38% uh, hard contact rate, 402 average on that heater. Again, it did get better. And he didn't allow too many home runs. 6.3% home rubber fly ball rate on the pitch. Just one home run allowed in, in 351 innings. Sorry, pitches thrown at it. So you can see how this could work. You can see, get the sinkers jamming inside, get those grounders. Miss bats with a changeup. I wish he had a uh, a breaking ball. I believed in more than the slider, just a nine percent swing strike rate, because you traditionally don't see successful two pitch guys just fastball changeup. You really don't see that. Mm. 
Uh, and without that overwhelming breaker, it does make me hesitant to think that Bayo can really break out of this kind of mediocrity and push that 20.5% K rate closer to 25%. And without that, I think I might be sitting out. Uh, I'm Brian Bayo, but he's someone I'm going to be looking at, especially considering he's young. He's going to be 24 in May next year. Maybe Bayo does improve, add something to that, um, where he can become a bigger, a bigger strikeout threat. Uh, the, the next guy that I want to kind of do a deeper dive on um, in this tier before I let you do some quick hits on everyone else is a guy that you had mentioned at certain points over the course of the season when he had had above average strikeout games, and that's Graham Ashcraft, who's coming at people with a, a fairly decent cutter-slider approach. I mean, the cutter was a really good pitch inducing ground balls for him. The slider, though, never really turned into the swing-and-miss pitch that we really wanted to, likely uh, hurt by the fact that one of the worst infield defenses in baseball, so if you're going to be a guy who is a heavy ground ball pitcher, but you don't have the best infielders behind you, and instead their names are Mike Moustakis or whoever it was that was in the infield for Cincinnati, hmm. that's probably not going to be a benefit to him. Do you think that there's a chance that the slider could take a step forward and be more of a consistent swing and miss pitch for him? Because there were starts against Pittsburgh where he racked up 8Ks where the slider did super well against St. Louis where you know he was able to pick up a good amount of called strikes with the cutter, which he was able to set up the slider a little bit more. We've seen the upside. Is that something that can be sustained for him, or is there not enough there with really just a two-pitch mix? It's really fun I, I, that I get to sit next to you again because I can see when you're typing away and you're wanting to get one question answered to bring up on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Which was, of course, the the defense that you brought up Stackhouse in the right. I'm like, oh, what is he? What is he going on? Like, I'm <laughs> uh, but Graham Ashcraft, it's actually really interesting. I, I dig his pitch separation. Cutters are going arm side um, and jamming right handers like that and getting strikes in the zone. You have sinkers that he does aim on the arm side. It's I just want to take it and just like move it about three inches to the right, and that O-swing can go from 26 percent all the way to 35 percent. Keep my son, it's a 97 miles per hour Graham Ashcraft. Um, but then you have the uh, the slider that actually does stay down a decent amount. Initially, I was really worried about it because he did not throw strikes with it. He got better at that, turned into a 60 strike, uh, 60% strike uh, pitch. There's promise here. He gets hit way too hard at the moment. Um, sinker, 34% hard contact rate. Cutter at 28%. Um, that is below average uh, for hard contact. You don't want to see that. And he's young. He's, he's figuring out he's 25 next year, all next year. There is promise with that velocity and the locations of each of those three pitches. He just needs to refine it a little bit more. I'm very curious to see what happens because you're going to see all the gaudy numbers of 50% strikeout rate, 489 ERA, uh, 1.42 whip across 105 innings. Don't forget Dylan Cease had about a 15% strikeout rate in his 2020 season. Your favorite. Uh, 16% my favorite. Your favorite. I'm still out, but you know, um, he's going to be a fun topic, I'm sure, this weekend. Ashcraft is a fun one to consider in deeper leagues, I think. Because uh, the Reds are going to let him fly. They're going to let him do this. Uh, it's just, you can't bank in a 12-teamer that this is going to hit right away. You do not need to draft him. Just pay attention to him on the wire. See if things are changing with his locations and his command. Give me the give me the rotation for the Reds next year. I know three of them. Okay. Yeah, you know three of them for sure. Um, is Mike Miner still there? Nope. Oh, man, I used to know this. Man, I'm like two weeks removed. I love that you're hiding it with your hands. <clears throat> yeah, because right I don't now. want you to be able to cheat. They have a contract option for Mike Miner, so he's okay. Not so maybe technically there, right? All right. So obviously Hunter Green and Nick Lodola, everyone. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to remember who the other guys that started for the Reds were. Hold on. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, no idea. Luis Sessa. 
Oh yeah, Sessa. Uh, the guy that we just talked about, Grandmaster. Yeah. yeah. And Justin Dunn. Oh yeah, yeah. I knew this. Justin Dunn is here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I'm annoyed at myself. Yeah, Justin Dunn's very interesting. We'll maybe touch on him very quickly later. But if he does get things back, he'll. Oh, was that your segue? Was that your segue? No, no, no. It wasn't my segue. It was just you said slightly touch upon him. I was just giving him a little tap. Before we move tap. on to the if he gets innings tier, yeah. though, why don't you give us a quick rundown in one breath? Like the Animaniacs doing the song. Oh, I was doing I was doing Jim Carrey. Okay, here we go. Sean Manaya, the fastball's not very good anymore. Secondaries weren't there. Steven Matz, oh, maybe that works out in St. Louis, but we don't really know what that whole situation is now. Adam Wayward, he is, in fact, coming back. I think I maybe would push him up a little bit. I feel like he was fatigued at the end of the year. Uh, we had Corey Kluber, that just is such a Toby. I don't really love everything that he's doing. Martin Perez, absolute Vargas rule. Don't really want to go after that. Your boy, Dean Kramer, some promise-ish at the end there. I don't really want to buy into it yet. Talk about Lorenzen. Marco Gonzalez, Toby Central. Kyle Hendricks, remember him? He still exists. Still Toby. Michael Walker had a really good season this year. I think it's just kind of overblown, but he really had had good command and changeup through the year. You have Zach Plesak, which, who knows? We were actually talking yesterday that he's a bit of a head case, and it's just kind of, I don't really care about this. Who knows? You just gave it, um, what? You say, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> who knows? My favorite cereal. <laughs> who knows? It's from Enosaurus. <laughs> who knows? Uh, you have Wade Miley. I've already lost the breath. Uh, who, keep in mind, is a Toby of getting cutters inside and changeups away. It's going to be really good at times. Anthony Descafani was in the same realm of good fastball and slider, and he got injuries all this year. You have Noah Syndergaard, who I don't trust to do anything with his secondaries. You have Zach Eflin, who is he starting? I hope so. I don't know, but again, same idea. Same idea with James Caprillion for the athletics. Don't forget that he exists. We're talking about Bale. Matthew Boyd, huh? He's a thing. He's alive. He's alive. Okay, that's all you get. Nick Pavetta, you know that's crazy. Same with Mitch Keller. Uh, I guess he did well, but do I really believe that growth? You have Kyle Gibson, who... Um, yeah. Uh, and then Cole Irvin, who's an absolute Toby Joe, John DeQuato, who had his absolute magic stuff. And Richard Suarez, on the way, is at 134. He probably should be higher, but still, I do not trust it, considering the slider did not get good and the chain had moments, but really just not good uh, enough to draft for any team. I mean, it's, what's kind of crazy is this is 134. All of these from before may be drafted in your league in a 12-teamer. Um, there might be somebody who's just like, yeah, John DeQuato, let's go and do this, you know? Um, it, it showcases the depth and the, the opportunities for streaming, I think, in April and May. Uh, sorry, I was thinking ahead of, of the next year, so let's go ahead and move on well, to before it. Before we do that, yeah, I think we're going to take a quick break. break. <laughs> we're back as fast as the lamenting it. everything. They beefed it. You beefed it. They beefed, beefed it so much. But anyway, so what's the next tier? If he gets innings, 135 all the way through 153, we're talking Daniel Espina, Hunter Brown, Joan Duran, Nate Pearson at 138, Kate Cavalli, Tanner Houck at 140, Gavin Stone, Braxton Garrett, Adbert Alzale, Johan Oviedo, Ian Anderson, Michael Grove, Matthew Liberatore, Nick Martinez at 149. Number one in your hearts though, Matt Strom, <laughs> Kyle Muller at 150, Garrett Whitlock, Cody Morris, and Ron up here at 153, Eliezer Hernandez. What's it called and why is it called that? This, um, this one, okay, wait, 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 wait. I, had, I had something good for this one. I, this is North Carolina because everyone goes, oh, yeah, we should go to North Carolina. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Who are you talking like going to? Like going to Asheville oh, and whatever, sure. okay, everyone's yeah. like... Oh, yeah, we're going to take a trip to North Carolina. And no one's like, oh, why are you going to North Carolina? This Everyone's is like, okay, oh, this on. is so nice. This is important, though. This is important. So if yeah. I say to you, yeah. North Carolina, yeah. nothing, what comes to your head immediately? Um, my friend just got to build a house. In That's it. Nothing else comes to you. North Carolina. 
I mean, also South Carolina. No, oh my sorry. God. Raise up, take your shirt off, spin around your head like a helicopter. What is this? Petey Pablo, weren't you born you? in the in the late eighties, early nineties? What are you talking about? North Carolina, raise up, is take your shirt stuff? off. <laughs> Butterfly being like, is this God? <laughs> he just jumped and you like literally leapt out of your chair. Nick, that's like a, a, a hip hop rap song from the early 2000s. Well, you realize you that ska was hip hop, or like it was like, what? They, no, no, ska, they rapped a lot. What, you're talking about like the Mighty Mighty Boss tones or yeah, something? Yeah, sure, yeah. Oh, we got, oh, man, that was, I cannot wait for people <laughs> to hear that. Just so they can get an insight into what I, the, the cultural dearth that is there. Um, is that the right word? How dare you? Anyway. Dearth, uh, yes, yes, the, the culture, because I'm cultured dearth, fast. The cultural yeah, dearth, yes. yes. Oh, I love that. That's funny. Okay, and now I know what the name of the tier is, and yeah. I know what the state is now. Hunter Brown is kind of the perfect person for this tier because if well, well let's let's speak in hypothetics. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Let's speak in hypothetics here. If he does get a rotation spot, which is a big, big maybe, it is. they are loaded. They already have six right now. I mean, theoretically, they can lose. Uh, they lose someone in there. Let's be colors. No, no, it's not uh, long term. Wasn't it Verlander? Does he have one more year? No, he has deal? one more year. He's a two-year deal. I remember there was somebody that I'm like, oh, that might not be around anymore, but I guess not. Uh, you have no, a- Verlander is a free agent this year. This is the second year of his deal. Okay. I uh, Or no, he had one player option 2023. I think 2023. He, might, he hasn't come out to say that he's accepted it yet. Yeah. Um, I think he will. Unless um, he wants more than a one-year deal. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they certainly do have a lot of options. Christian Javier, Fran Valdez, Lance McCullers, Jose Urquidy, you have to assume are one, two, three, four. Um, Luis Garcia could be there as well. Uh, that's really why he's in the, if he gets innings. Hunter Brown did look really good. I remember actually uh, Austin Bristow streamed his debut against me in our Legacy League, and I was so upset. It's like, how dare you? And it was so successful. Um, I did a whole video on it. Check it out on YouTube. I do a lot of these pictures on YouTube if you want more analysis and actually visualize these guys. But it's a really good fastball. Uh, he throws it at 96.5 miles per hour um, and uh, curveball is an effective one too I mean he has everything that you really want two decent breakers there's obviously more polish that needs to be had uh, but um, but yeah Hunter Brown I mean if he starts I think you'll like him there's no guarantee that Hunter Brown is going to be exceptional out of the game I want that to be understood that he's not one of those like oh my god he's in there he's going to soar for the rest of the year it's possible I mean we've seen things with the Astros before where those guys just take off but I but yeah Hunter Brown if he starts alright add him to your team see what happens speaking of if he starts alright add him to your team and see what happens Gavin Stone one of the top prospects for the Dodgers just could be one of those guys where it's like you don't really know about him and then all of a sudden because he's a Dodgers prospect who's got a you know a very good change up and a really good fastball slider combination he's uh, he's going to be a name for you last year ended up just throwing 23 innings uh, in AAA with the bulk of his innings coming in single A and double A, but the highest ERA of all of those was a 1.6, uh, with talking 35% K rates, both in double A and triple A. Again, smaller sample size in triple A, but another dude where, like, I don't know who's, so who's pitching for them next year? We don't know if it's Kershaw. Bueller's out for the year, so it's Dustin May, maybe Tony Gonsolin, Julio Arias. Um, and they'll, I'm sure they'll sign. At least two guys. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Or maybe not, because maybe they believe in Gavin Stone. Nah, I, I don't think it's the Dodgers' way to do that. Uh, I mean, this whole tier is filled with prospects. 
I mean, it's, I don't know if they're going to pitch. I mean, for the moment, you could say like Nick Martinez, if the the Padres are going to do that, is a different story. But pretty much these are all prospects. I think there are better ones to choose, like Daniel Spino with the Guardians. Uh, he's been highly discussed for a while. We just kind of knew there wasn't going to be much of an opportunity this year. Um, Yohan Duran could be a starter for the Twins. Uh, Nate Pearson as well. We've heard that one for a while. Kate Cavalli. The ordering of this is whatever. I'm not going it, to... It, it totally depends on what happens in the spring um, and what opens up for teams. Maybe Ian Anderson does come back into the group as well. But when it comes to Kevin Stone, I mean, he's just been dominant. Um, and it's frustrating, I know, that we don't have minor league data on our player pages. Thus, the Gavin Stone page does not exist yet, because he hasn't pitched in the majors. Um, but yeah, he's done exceptional things, uh, and maybe Gavin Stone breaks out for the Dodgers next year. Yeah, so I guess it looks like... Um, looking about Ian Anderson, you mentioned him a little bit. This is a guy that was kind of hotly debated coming into the 2022 season, working with that... Uh, what was it like? Fastball, curveball, changeup combination. Yeah, it's just... mostly fastball, change, curve. Never really took off. It was too in, uh, dependable. But he was. There was always some thing that the thing that people like to talk about with him about why they thought he was going to be able to sustain it was there was always something so unique about him. I think it was his release point and then the way that the three pitches mm. played off one another and how they tunneled with one another. I was always kind of like, eh, I don't know if I necessarily believe in this. I'm not saying I was necessarily right, but man, did he kind of fall off in 2022 with a five ERA over 111. And two-thirds innings is that what you know coming to 2023 are we going to be closer to 21 are we going to be closer to 22 are we going to nestle somewhere in between with a mid to low four era well a problem for ian anderson is the opportunity uh the fifth spot for atlanta is contested i don't know if ian anderson's going to have that that chance uh to pitch there you have max free you have spencer strider you have charlie morden uh you have uh other people that i'm forgetting right now Spencer um, Strider. Uh, Spencer. Did I mention Spencer Strider? I don't know. <laughs> Rewind the day. <laughs> I can't believe I'm just blanking in all of this right now. I'm supposed to be on top of my game here. Yeah, in the beginning in, of a conference. In the beginning of a conference, and it's just all falling out of my head right now. Kyle Wright. Oh, my gosh. Um, as the fourth one there. And then uh, Bryce Elder as a possible choice for the fifth. There's also Kyle Muller to go along with Ian Anderson. And who knows, maybe they sign someone and say, you know what, why not? Let's just get another guy in here so we don't force these youngins to do all this extra stuff. And one old. Okay. <laughs> and, um... <laughs> it is, isn't it? He's your age. No, he's not. Nah, I'm just I'm scared say, you oh so much. Yeah. I guess it always blows my mind when that happens. I know, I know. We're getting old fast. Uh, thank you all so much for listening to us. Oh six God. years. It's been six years. We've Has it been six years? 2016. God, that's I know. I know, right? Thanks for voting us the number one baseball podcast on the internet. Are we? You're the only one that has number one. What are you talking about? I've won two. I don't even have a physical one. Oh, yeah, you want the physical one. I still have none. I know some people who can make it. I want it for my own. Oh, I'm sorry. You have an Emmy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I do. Yeah, I have an Emmy. Okay. um, So, Ian Harrison, I don't think you need to chase this right now. Maybe he has a fantastic spring. We're all feeling good about it again. Uh, you do want to take the chance out of that, but really, as of now, this what this entire tier is: know these names and take stock in what happens to their teams and free agency. Do they have those opportunities? And another one is Matthew Libertor, mm-hmm. uh, who I think came back up and was throwing harder um, when he had another chance for the Cardinals. You're going to see the lines of five nine seven ERA, one seven three WHIP, and seventy percent K rate. Like Nick, are you joking? This is insane. Totally understand. I, this is more about him getting chances and 
hey, maybe he is improved because he was a highly touted prospect. He didn't really have his command yeah. going. Um, he can maybe soar with a better fastball than before. Uh, and uh, curveball, I think, has promise to be that secondary pitch. But there might be something else missing quite, quite yet. So we'll just kind of see how these guys look. All right, let's do a quick burn down of the remaining people on no, the team. No, I don't need to. No I don't else? need to for this one because they're all the same. <clears throat> it's all the same innings, kind innings, of thing. Innings, innings. It's just if they're in, they get the opportunity, you should take note. I will say someone like Yohan Aviedo, I'm a little bit more questionable of going after because I think there's still kinks to be worked out for him. Uh, Nick Martinez is still kind of interesting, though. Matt Strom is apparently going to be a starter now, which is, I think, hilarious. Mm-hmm. He's saying, no, I want to do that. He's going to go off the free agency. We'll see where he lands there. Cody Morris has some moments. But, yeah, a lot of these are just, are they starting? Like, all right, then we will take note for the ones at the top of it. Like, Espino, Hunter Brown, Duran, Pearson, Cavalli, Halk, uh, Stone, Braxton Garrett. Those are the ones I'm like, okay, if those are starting, then, like, all right, I think I'm going to be jumping up. Okay, moving on to the next tier. Innings exist, uh, 154 <laughs> to 166. Jordan Lyles, Austin Voth, Rich Hill, Paul Blackburn, Matt Manning, Dane Dunning coming in at 160. We have Adrian Hauser, followed by Jose Suarez, Chris Bubich, Daniel Lynch, J.A.T. Brubaker, Madison Bumgarner, and Dylan Bundy. What's it called? Why is it called? Okay, so this is the moment where I consider our demographics of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Think of which state has the fewest amount of people so that I can say that one. <laughs> You're going to say Wyoming? I was going to, um, yeah. Well, anyway, so it's Wyoming because you forget it exists. Because <laughs> you forget it exists. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's yeah, fair sorry enough. Sorry, everyone. I don't mean it. Yeah, I do I do like you thinking about what state like you forget the most. Yeah, but then if I remember it, like, well, then I didn't then, forget it. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I think it's good. I jumped <laughs> I in. I don't there. know. Mm-hmm. West Virginia? Um, I was going to do more lyrics. I'm just insulting <clears throat> more people. So, sorry. Um, God, it's 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 getting Arkansas. tougher. It's, I forget about Arkansas. It's getting tougher and tougher to find some of the things that are redeeming qualities about these pitchers as we get at the back end of the 200. But Jordan Lyles did have some moments where he was flashing. Oh, of course, fast. Well, listen, I'm in the Orioles shirt. The first two people are Orioles pitchers, one of which the Orioles seem to have a nice turnaround with when Austin Voth, Jordan Lyles. Listen, for a while, there have been moments where we've been like, Hey, look at that curveball. Wow, look at you go. Look at that 12K game. Look at that 10K game. And he did have a few of those games again for the Orioles, most and notably. He, he still, at the end of the day, had an 18.6% game rate. That's unbelievable. Yeah, because because there were games where he would strike out nine Yankees, and there were games where he would go two innings and strike out no Red Sox. Yeah, 5.2 innings against the Jays and one strikeout. 3.2 against the Red Sox, one strikeout. Seven innings against the White Sox, two strikeouts. Uh, not not fun. Um, you oh, didn't really know what you're going to get with Jordan Lyles on a given night. Some days the slider is on, some days the curveball is on. That's great. I don't want to bank on it in any way in my fantasy team. There were some, uh, you know, talking about guys that there were some additional nice moments for. Uh, Matt Manning is another one to kind of stick with Detroit. We've already mentioned Spencer Turnbull, but good to mention another Detroit pitcher here. There was a moment there where I, th- I don't know if he went down. I think he might have, yeah, went down to the minors, yes. right? And then yeah, came, came back, back up. Yeah. And then he, you know, he did get a shaky start against the White Sox. But after that, or in, even in between that, a nice start against Tampa Bay. Um, a nice start against San Francisco. Then, of course, he got lit up by Seattle, but maybe bounced back a little bit. There were moments where it was like, okay, good. You're starting to kind of put it together. Is it too early to give up on uh, the young Matt well, Manning? Here's the thing. Matt Manning had 12 whiffs, whiffs with a slider on the 24th of August against the Giants. And I thought, oh, hmm. he had seven in his previous one. This may be something. And guess what? Across his next five games, he had eight total slider whiffs. <laughs> 
So, yeah, <clears throat> I, I think of it like I did with um, Ian Anderson's curveball, that one game in 2021, I think, against the Rockies, where he had this amazing curveball game, and then just kind of goes away. And that's that's the thing that I'm holding on to. That may, maybe it can come back, but I don't have any expectation for it. Okay. I feel like the same was true. Wasn't there like a really good stretch for Daniel Lynch as well, where something clicked for him? Yeah, a little but bit. But I feel like that happens every yeah. year with one or two. Man, you really don't like the Royals and the Angels. I, it's, not, it's just I feel bad for them. It's not that I don't like them. It's just no, I feel bad. That's where like talent goes to die. And yeah. It seems like I think the Royals are retooling who their coaching staff is, and it's about time because it feels like they're just never living up to their potential. You and sure. I sat... In Arizona, and saw Daniel Lynch live. That was you. No, 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 no. We, no, we talked to him. We sat behind home plate you, and watched you, him pitch. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, we, that was for the Fall Stars game, and yeah. then you were able to talk to him, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but you and I were both like, oh, my, that's electric stuff. Yeah, that is Shane really Boz was the one that was like, oh, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. But still, it, you know, either but way. Yeah, Daniel Lynch looked great. He looked great, and then he hasn't since he, he's been a member of the Kansas City Royals. He's flashed some moments because of that, uh, you know, four-seamer slider combination, but, like, <laughs> I mean, look, with, with all these guys, there's going to be a day or two where they make you get interested and then it's going to fall again. Yeah. Uh, and that's why its innings exist. Like, these guys will be starting. Look, if you're in deeper leagues, you likely want to go for this stuff. Drafting holds, for example, that are going on right now. These pitchers should be drafted because they will get their chances of, of starting and they can go at least five innings. That's why it's your Jordan Lyles, right? Mm-hmm. Austin Voth, uh, Rich Hill, Paul Blackburn, like all of this stuff. If Rich Hill's pitching, like maybe you'll get them, but like, okay. Uh, Dane Dunning, right? Like he'll go as long as they'll let him. You know, he'll go 90 pitches in a game. So I don't really want to draft any of them for my 12 teams. Just because they are able and have a chance of doing well in a given night doesn't mean that's the one that I should be taking. Okay, so before we move on to the next year, go back through innings exists. Is there anyone else that you want to hit upon before moving on? Not really. I mean, I kind of went out through all this. I uh, don't get, yeah, don't get lulled into drafting Dylan Bundy fast. Okay. Just, okay, I won't. Don't know. worry. It's fast. You can do twenty one. All right. So here's what we're gonna do. So the, the next the next tier is called. So there's a chance, and I'm gonna throw a name from a random name generator inside <laughs> of this tier because, like I said, we pay attention to baseball all the time, and there are some names in here where I'm like, wait. What team does that dude play for again? Don't turn too early fast. Uh, what do you mean don't do Don't throw on the name too early. I won't, I won't, I won't. Okay, Maybe so you won't there's won't. a name from the from the random name generator that's yeah. in here, and it's somewhere in, in here. It's 167 through 180. So we have Josiah Gray, Keegan Thompson, Justin Dunn, Adrian Sampson. At 171, we have Glenn Otto, Ken Waldachuk, Jackson Tetralt. We have Mark Olivares. We have Tommy Romero. 175 is Josh Winder. Louis Varlin at 176, Javier Assad at 177, J.P. Sears, Joanna Don, and Jake Overizzi. So, Nick already knows who the fake name is. Well, you messed it up with the numbers. No, 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 people are people. There's no way people are keeping track of those numbers. <laughs> I'm just dropping it in for context, okay? Uh, All right, I, if, yeah. if you're here at First Pitch and you know who the... Ra- just reach out to us on Twitter at First Pitch oh, because yeah. there's a lot of random names in that one. So, can I talk about my favorite play from that tier first? Is it Marco Levar? It's Marco Levar. <laughs> 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 All right, so what is this? Uh, what? Yeah, what's the state here? Um, it's Puerto Rico. Oh, because no there's one knows. There's a chance there's a state. <laughs> okay. okay, very good. Very good. I think that actually breaks the rules, though. Is it contiguous United States? It has to be landlocked. It can't be... I'm so tall that I when I stand on Florida, I can step on Puerto Rico. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, great. I would say South Dakota because you're like 
Does that really exist? Prove it to me. You can point it to it on a map. Mm. You ever been there? Actually, mm. no. It's a, it's a fine state. Yeah. Um, how dare right. you fast? So <laughs> let's, uh, I don't know. Who do you want to even start with in this, in this Petri I'll just edition? go through it. Okay, go ahead. Josiah Gray gives it too many long balls, but his breakers are pretty cool, huh? Mm. Huh? Uh, Keegan Thompson had some moments. A lot of people were yelling at me during the season about me underrating Keegan Thompson, and then it's Keegan Thompson. Yeah. But he did well in those starts, and I, you know, I, I finally, like, reluctantly named him the streamer here and there. Justin Duns, we talked about uh, coming back from Tommy John. I believe it was Tommy John, or just a very extensive surgery, and I, he used to be of interest with the Mariners involved in that Winker deal. And Suarez won. If he gets his breakers working, uh, there's something to like there. Adrian Sampson, same kind of thing with Keegan Thompson. Uh, Glenn Otto, Slider's good, whatever. Ken Waldachuk, he was part of the deal to Promontus. Maybe a good fastball. I don't really like this. Uh, he's a bit wild as well. Uh, Tetriel has a good fastball from the Nationals, might get an opportunity there. Uh, Tommy Romero, I used to like him a lot, then he just got moved around, but we'll see what happens. Um, Josh Winder, maybe he's okay with the Twins. Same with the movie Barland. Javier Saad had some moments with the Cubs, but who cares? JP Sears also in that deal. I think it was smoke and mirrors in the Montes deal. Juana Don, I used to think a little bit higher up, but his boss city came down. Maybe he can get that back. And Jacob Rizzi always finds a way to kind of be good for a moment. Mm, yeah, that's there true. You go. Um, all right, let's move on then to the injured tier, 181 through 187. Steven Strasburg, Walker Buehler, James Paxton, John Means, Casey Mize, Hyunjin Ryu, and Chris Paddock. I want to know, too, after the state who you think ends up having the biggest impact beneficial sure. on the 2020 This is the season. Florida tier. Because there's always something with this tier. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, good. These are all Florida men. These are all Florida um, men. The biggest chance of having an impact, Chris Paddock. Chris Paddock, because he's the only one who's probably going to start the year? Yeah. I mean, he, I think he has a higher... Maybe not, actually. You know what? I take that back. He got Tommy John in uh, in 22. I guess it's Strasburg. Oh, or Paxton. Paxton, yeah, Paxton should be healthy to Paxton, start the year. Yeah. I mean, the rest of them are all, like, if you really want an injury, you have an unlimited injury and in IL, you can just stash them. Maybe they'll show up in, like, August, September. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. none of them are even returning. Nothing more to really say about that. Yeah. All right. Oh, it's the Rockies, 188 yeah. through 193. Austin Gomber, Kyle Freeland, Herman Marquez, Jose Arena, Chad Cool, and Ryan Feltner. Pretty, pretty, pretty... Pretty big layup here for what state this is. I mean, yeah, it's obviously Utah. Utah, of course. That's exactly <laughs> mind melt. The Rocky Mountains go through Utah, right? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, I put them in this order of just like, all right, if I ever had to rank them, because Austin Gomber, I think, is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. I uh, maybe should put Herman Marquez above Freeland, but don't draft them. Yeah, don't just draft the Rockies. Room. Yeah. Okay. Except maybe Jose, right? <laughs> maybe. Um, um, I might go a little bit longer than this. Maybe not. Yeah. No, Again, we're speeding through like uh, we were supposed to. Yeah, exactly. So look at us. Living the dream. Oh, also, yeah. innings but worse. Final tier. Yeah. <laughs> Which, this also wraps, I think we decided that this ends the 2022 podcast season. This is not the beginning of the 2023 podcast season. That's the other top 100 and the mock draft stuff. Yeah, right? sure. You know, I never know what the fine line is. Like, is this the kickoff or is this the wrap-up? Well, it's, I think it's the kickoff because we're talking about 2023. Okay, all right. Then here we are. We're already in 2023 mode. 194 through 200. Patrick Corbin, Yusei Kikuchi, Michael Pineda, Chris Archer, uh, Chris Archer, no, Zach yeah, Davies. Yeah, I, I blocked it from my mind. No, I said Pineda. I didn't do the... Mm. Uh, Chris Archer, mm-hmm. Zach Davies, 199 is Tyler Alexander, and number 200, Mr. Fettuccini himself, Eric Fetty. Don't trust the feds. What do you got for us? It's New Jersey. 
Okay. Because it's also New York, but worse. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Sorry. Nice, nice little hint here. This is a, one of my one of my great, funny, hilarious jokes in my presentation tomorrow. When you when you look at the most consistent pitchers in all of baseball yeah. last year, one of these, uh, what is it, seven men is on that list. The most consistent yeah. pitcher in baseball. Who do you think it was? I mean, that's Patrick Corbin. It was Chris Archer oh, was wow. the most consistently bad pitcher. Uh, in baseball last year, I feel so bad for because you say consistent in the media, like oh that's good, he's consistent, he's no, always doing no, no. it. No, 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 no. What he does, Chris Archer was yeah. was the most consistently poor pitcher in baseball. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I wonder if there was a time that I ranked him as a questionable start as opposed to a I uh, do not start in my daily streaming rankings. Sure, there was, and I still hold out some hope that Patrick Corbin can do it. Oh God, Nick, let it go. Well, I'm not going to draft him. I, I, this is more as me as just like a fan. Yeah. And, like, I believe in some world, sure. Patrick Corbin, you know, it's not like Velocity's gone, you know? It's just, just everything else. It's just, like, location, I guess. More consent. Is he tipping all the time? Like, I don't no, know. No, I think he just doesn't care. I think he got his money and he doesn't really care. Alec Think Fast has arrived right at the end of the podcast. And don't trust the feds, guys. I had to make him 200. Yeah. That was funny. Poor Nationals. A lot of representation here. Yeah. But listen... Nick, that's going to do it. I'm glad we at least ended on a high note or at least optimistic because you think Patrick Corbin might still have something left in him. But we're, we're hopefully we can see a lot of you at First Pitch Arizona in the next yes. couple of days. We're very excited to be here. It's going to be a blast this weekend. But that's going to do it for another episode of On the Corner, the official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Faz. And I'm Nick Pollock. We'll talk to you guys next week.